0: hey what's up everybody welcome to trust and believe i'm your host shanti and tonight you are going to get some back in the day shanti goodness maybe struggleness but it's gonna be a lot of fun a lot of learning experience here also tonight we have live people from our Unity community, so I'm so excited. So we're going to do a Q&A at the end, and also, if you hear some really fun comments from me, it's just because I'm reading the chat, but tonight is going to be all about the early years of fitness for me and Mandy, and a lot of you know Mandy from Insanity. A lot of you also may know Mandy from some of the events that we've done in the past, but we're going to talk about the early years of fitness. Hopefully, we touch on anxiety, sustainability with fitness, but more importantly, just things that people go through in daily life and they struggle and how we've both managed to survive 20 plus years in the fitness industry in so many ways. And I'm so excited. So we're going to get this show started. Somebody say it again. What's up? You're better than Oprah. Come on, y'all. This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns All right, Mandy Casey. Mandy Casey, right. what's up? Okay, first of all, I have to tell everyone, while I definitely respect my great friend Mandy Casey, you might hear me call her Kern, because I yeah. used to call her Kern. We were by last names. Anyway, I kind of want to introduce you in a really fun way, really fast. So I'm going to give my interpretation of this story, and then I'm going to let you give your interpretation of this story. Okay. But me and Mandy had go so far back that it's kind of crazy. It almost gets jumbled in my brain because she's such a huge part of my life, especially my early years. Well, definitely from fitness. Cause I gotta tell y'all, I walked into this group exercise class one time and she was <laughs> teaching some step class and it was all women in the class. And me and my male chauvinistic attitude at tw- I don't even know how old it was, 19 years old. 19 or so. <laughs> I walk in there and I'm like, why they're using these little dumbbells? Like, what's happening? I go, I think I grabbed eight pound dumbbells in like three minutes. and I was like <laughs> And I, from my recollection, Mandy came over with some like three pounds and was like, homeboy, settle down. But anyway, and from I just have to say the inception of that just created an incredible friendship that, you know, I definitely want you to talk about more than me, Mandy, because they hear my voice all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just remember, you know, going to Rowan and um, walking into the rec center every day, and I would see you working the desk. And back in the day, you had to get the key from the person at the front desk to unlock the aerobic room door. So I just remember always coming in and like seeing you and you're always just, you know, friendly and you'd say hi and you know, whatever. And I know you would watch me teach all the time. Um, so I'll never forget. Like one day I came in, I came in, got the key and you were like, I want to learn how to do that. And I was like, well, come take my class. And you were like, all right. And I said, you know, I teach whatever, you know, you know, my schedule, whatever. So. Sean decides to walk in the class again night. We're talking 1997, all women step class, you know, high knees hitting that choreography oh We're doing gosh. our thing. So Sean comes in and he, and he stands right there. And he, and I said, you know, okay, we're going to do a step and sculpt class. So here we go. Grab some weights, some light weights, grab your step. Let's get going. So, you know, we proceed to start class and I get into the weighted portion and there's Sean doing the weights, doing his thing. And then I'm like, all right, now hold it. And he's like looking at me. I said, now hold it, hold it, hold it. Here's Sean. And then ever since then, like we just connected and that was it. It just brought our friendship. Like, you know, I said, here you go. Let me give you some lighter weights. And he respected that. And then we continued class. And then after class, he's like, I want to learn how to do this. And one thing led to another. And we but I will became say, inseparable.
0: though, we did become inseparable. But I do want to say for <laughs> all of you out there that hate me when I tell you to hold a squat or pulse a <laughs> squat or pulse a lunge or hold a push up, it is Mandy's fault. I didn't make it up
1: pulses,
0: (laughs) you know, but the thing is, for me, I was like this. It was really the hardest thing I had ever done in my life because I ran track. I was Mm -hmm. an athlete, you know, the whole thing. And I'm like, this is nothing. And I just remember just being able to hold that. And so that was really the inception of when I used to say or now that I used to say, if you can hold up your body, you can hold up your life. Like that was a very Mm -hmm. profound moment for me because it was so hard. First, I want to say. I worked at the front desk, but I soon got fired. It was the only job I got fired from. It's horrible. It was was the only job I got fired from because... While I have great customer service, my customer service goes above and beyond. And I was just talking and talking and talking and talking. And all talking. you would
1: do is talk to everybody.
0: There would be a line out the door, and everybody came into the fitness center. Like I knew who they were, I knew their whole workout routine. And there would be a line out the door for people just to check in. And so instead of firing me, I just got fired from the front desk. But then I, you know, I started teaching class and I, I went and yeah. worked upstairs at the in the weight room. But anyway, I definitely want to move on to when we when we started our fitness journey together and, and I'm going to, again, I kind of like to say what I remember first, and then I'd love for you to talk about it. But one Mm -hmm. of the things that I remember was you taught me how to do my first pirouette. Do you remember that?
1: I do. I didn't realize that that was, I I didn't know that you didn't know how to do one.
0: I'd never danced before. I just, the the first class the first dance class that I had ever taken was one that I taught. Right. So, and you know, you know, 90 people showed up for the class. I had to teach two class back to back when, you know, I knew you were a teacher and you were a dancer. So I was like, I remember being in the middle of the group exercise room and <laughs> teaching me how to do a pirouette. And I was, I will never forget it because it was the first time and then I learned more, but that was kind of like my first, that was my first memory of being in a group exercise room outside of hour working out. And that was just like such a profound moment for me because it was something that was like really hard for me to do. But I would love to hear post-class, you know, one of your, your fondest memories of us, of you teaching me fitness.
1: I remember you coming in, like you were very consistent, like you were always in there and we would meet together and it would just be you and I. So we would go in the room and like we would have everything set up and we would be in there for hours just trying to practice. And I remember you trying to learn like the step choreography. Um, I remember just putting music on and just trying to teach you how to cue and like trying to teach you how to cue before you do it. That was like the biggest thing. Like, you know, you can't say step right. Like you have to be like five, six, you know, like and cue it. So I remember teaching you the cueing. To try to get that. And then I feel like we did like kickboxing too. I feel like we got into kickboxing because we both got certified in that. And then that just led into us like taking off and like going to fitness conferences and like really like, you know, branching out and you learning more, you know, through that way as well. But yeah, Yeah, I just... I remember just being in that room a lot and always meeting you and trying to, like, teach you how to cue properly.
0: I do remember that because it was interesting. I could cue dancing really well. But when it came to, to step aerobics, it was just weird. Like, I don't know if anybody's taken a step aerobics class for the first time, but a basic right, the first time you do it, you're like... I feel like I'm walking up a step, but then like, I kind of want to turn around to walk down the steps. So I don't know which foot to use. And so, yeah. and then I just remember my go-to choreography was basic, right? Knee corner to corner, <laughs> L step <laughs> over the top, return the knee corner to the corner, triple knee repeater. And then you used to do this that knee around the world.
1: world. <laughs> it was always bring it and then bring it back to the, bring it back to the basic steps. <laughs> bring it back to the
0: basic step. If you mess up, just do basic step. <laughs> I know. So we so I need to like connect these foundations. So in all of my workouts, all of my workouts that I've ever created, I have a basic step. Not a basic step and step, but in 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 hip hop apps, I have the tilt, tuck, and tighten. In size, I have the size bounce. Even in in let's get up, like I always have this move I go back to. The step side to side. Like it's always like because it's always been bring it ingrained. back to home
1: base. You gotta bring it back to home base.
0: Home base. Because <laughs> the thing is, as a I always remember learning. And I think I use this in in fitness. I use this in inspiration, motivation, but I always remember learning. And so whenever I try to teach somebody something, I make pretend I'm the student because those things were just very important to me by having someone as a good teacher as you, you're like, okay, come back to one. And before we get into conferences and some other stuff, you know, one of the things that we did, and I think this was our first kind of revelation in maybe later in years, we kind of thought about it, but we used to work out so much. Like we overtrained. I mean, mind mm-hmm. you, we were, I don't know, 1920, 19, 20,
1: 19 mm-hmm. uh, year one 20, and a half. Yeah, you're 2021,
0: 20, yeah. We would Practice working out. We would teach class. We would go upstairs and work out. Mandy would be on a pre-core for eighteen hours a day, and Always. we would, and then we would meet downstairs. The gym would close at eleven, and Mandy and I were in the group exercise room practicing, practicing, practicing. But we were also doing something that wasn't very healthy, or at least I was, which was taking Xenodrin yeah, and 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 fat burners to the point of exhaustion. Like it was. It was the first time that I experienced, I don't want to say like overuse, but like I experienced like an obsession with fitness where for me, that wasn't healthy. And I didn't realize it was unhealthy until years later, but mm-hmm. I just remember it was xenadran and, 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 you know, I was afraid to go into the weight room when I first started working there because I, you know, I was losing weight and I was doing all this stuff. So can you talk to that? Like some of the struggles mm-hmm. you've had with anything in terms of like the struggles that you've had with fitness or nutrition over the years?
1: So, um, before coming to Rowan, I suffered a really bad eating disorder. So when I came to Rowan and we got into fitness so deep, I was nervous that I was going to fall backwards when I was trying to go forward. But, you know, before I came to Rowan, um, you know, I was always a dancer, cheerleader, competed in nationals. Like we were hardcore, played some sports as well. But before I came to Rowan, I was at a different college, wasn't happy there. And it just, fitness just like, I wasn't doing it properly. Like I was working out too hard, not eating enough. Like one thing led to another where I actually got really sick and, you know, had to stay home and get better. Um, went to an eating disorder clinic. So then coming to Rowan, I came in and decided to know what I wanted to do. And then found, you know, the the rec center and then found like health and exercise science. And that's what got me into fitness. Really, I was still into aerobics at the other place, like teaching classes, but not fully certified. So then coming to Rowan doing all this, you know, it really helped me learn the proper way to fuel my body. Um, and to work out. So it was great when I got into that major. So when you and I connected and you met, you know, people just thought of me as being a, you know, Oh, you're in fitness or you're this or that didn't know the struggles that I faced and that I was still facing Mm -hmm. because I wasn't fully recovered when I went to row and it was only a year and a half later. So, when you and I just started like really working out a lot and you know and taking Xenadron and having those heart palpitations when we were taking that stuff. You know, it was oh it was God. scary. It was scary. I I, I want to tell the story of you, if that's okay. I oh, please never do. I I will never forget we were training I think for the spring dance concert. So we were teaching fitness, we were going to rehearsals we were coming back in and like trying to make ourselves better, and we were taking xanax. We just taught a boot camp class, so we got done at 10, ten, ten thirty. You went back to your apartment. I went back to mine, and I'll never forget you calling me that night and saying to me. I My heart will not stop beating like my heart. Like I can't I don't know if you remember, but like you were like, I feel like I'm having a heart attack. My heart will not stop beating. It's going so fast. And I said, we need to stop this stuff. Like we were so exhausted from everything. And we weren't eating properly. Like I I, and I didn't want to fall back down that path. Like I'm trying to get myself better. But I'll never forget that. I will never forget you calling me and just saying, I think we need to stop this stuff because you got really sick from it.
0: I got very sick. It was very. And so it's so funny because for those people who used to come to the events that I used to do in Atlantic City and all the events in New Jersey way back in the day, you know, I used to have this shirt that I sold that said 100% natural Because I remember after I suffered, like, abusing those supplements that bad, Mm -hmm. I just was like, I'm never touching this stuff again, because it was very scary for me. Like, I really thought I was going to die. And then, you know, being in health and exercise science, and then when commercials started coming out and studies started coming out saying that 26-year-olds were... Having strokes and dying from these yep. fat burners. And I was so young, I remember saying to myself, wow, like this is so. I've completely cut out everything. I don't know if you know, for such a long time, I didn't take protein shakes. Even when I got involved with Beach Body, I never told them that. It's the first time I'm saying this out loud. Yeah. This is why I was like, I don't want to drink Shakeology. And when I tried it, and it hurt, you know, for me, I had digestive issues. And before they had like the vegan stuff, like, I just started, I always thought that any supplement I took was going to make me feel like that. And it put a lot of fear, but speaking mm-hmm. of that, you know, and, and I could talk about how I kind of got past that too, but me, it was mostly fear. I do want to kind of go back because I did read in the comments that someone else said that they had suffered from an eating disorder. And if you can, like, if you remember, cause you know, talked about going to clinic to the clinic, what were like three major things that you learned about that struggle that you kind of took away that you still use today?
1: If you suffer an eating disorder, you know, it will always be there. It could creep back in. I think it's really about you learning to control it. I think the one major thing with eating disorders is you're in control. So I don't know, like the the time of my life, like my life was a little bit of spiraling out of control. My parents got divorced. It was something that I could physically control was that eating. Um, but I think coming out of it, like I have definitely become a stronger person because of it, um, because to go through something like that and and to have to struggle and see people in the same situation as you is, is tough. Um, You know, I'll never forget my mom. It was up in North Jersey bringing me to the clinic and thank God I was an outpatient, but just seeing these girls with IVs and you know, really, it really scared me as I, Mm. I don't want to do that. Like I really, you know, I was my lowest weight. My mom said was like 85 pounds. Like that was the Tracy gold story. Like I was, exercising with garbage bags on me, hiding my food. Like it got real deep, real, real deep, Um, you know, suffered panic attacks, suffered anxiety. So, you know, anxiety could creep back as well, which it has. And, you know, within these past two years, my anxiety started coming back a little bit, which scared me. Talk about that for a second,
0: Um, not to cut you off, but Mm -hmm. I definitely want to talk about that. For a second, because the same thing happened to me over the pandemic and I I don't know what triggered it. So and I'm trying to still work through that because the anxiety is at an all time high. So did you ever do you do you feel like you were able to connect because you I love how you talked about things creep back in like they never go away. Do you Mm -hmm. feel like you've been able to connect the anxiety that you suffer over the last two years And how maybe it it came from a long time ago. Yeah,
1: I feel like sometimes like it's my it's your head, you know, Mm -hmm. You, you, you get yourself in that dark place. And you have to remember to get yourself out of that dark place. So you know, I definitely feel like I start, not that I started suffering panic attacks again, but I had a couple and I was like, Oh, my God, like, I didn't want what I went through back in the day to come back again. So mm. with the anxiety, I felt like, you know, I, I started researching a little bit on it and I actually started like taking uh CBD to help me, um, you know, really relax me. Um, so I've been doing that and craziness, power walking. Like I just started power walking
0: Wow. And I'm
1: telling you, I started power walking before the the worry when the pandemic hit, when everything shut down. I was never a power walker. I was always a runner. Like I a know. Run, run, run. I'm like, like wow. <laughs> I know. So like, I couldn't run anymore because I got injured, you know, years ago. So I'm like, all right, let me just take up walking. So like, walking around my neighborhood casually turned into you know with my husband turned into okay you were too slow for me I'm gonna go by myself turned into I'll pick you (laughs) up on the cool down because you're way too slow for me but you know that turned into like an I power walk every single day I take CBD every single night I power walk every single day I listen to a podcast and it just it gets me out of my head
0: it gets me out of my head yeah because recently um really within the last three months you know i don't i don't take them every day but when my anxiety is like for me my anxiety comes when it's compounded with social things and they're not necessarily mm-hmm. social triggers they're just when things get overwhelming i am just it, it's terrible like last night was the first night that i slept so good and i woke up at like 7:58 and you know usually my kids wake me up and and i was i kind of freaked out i was like oh my god mm-hmm. the first thing i did was i texted scott like that emoji with like <laughs> like <laughs> that emoji cuz i was just like more yeah. like thank you so much for helping me sleep but you know i started taking um gummies too cbd mm-hmm. But it's half CBD, half THC, because I, I ain't trying okay. to do full THC. In Arizona, when they voted to make, you know, THC legal, and I was like, yeah. yes. And I said to Scott, I was like, did you vote yes? He was like, <laughs> I just left it blank. I'm like, oh, my God. Come on. But I know, come on. <laughs> and I'll take and, the
1: droplets, too, sometimes. Yeah, 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 And then I'll do, like, um, very, very, like, I'll do, like, hot baths with Epsom salt, <clears throat> sometimes to put the CBD And the melatonin in the bath, like that also helps relax me because that's where too, like at night when you go to lay down, that's where it all like your head starts, you know, and with the, with the whole pandemic, like you just, it was just like the fear of the world. And, you know, every day is a different day. And it was like, what's tomorrow going to be like, like, you know, it just, it just got into that. Like, I was almost scared to leave my house for a little bit. And that was Mm. never like, I never oh my god it was like i would always be like out and about and then all of a sudden this happened and i was like scared to leave my house like it was
0: hey dave yeah randy since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks underwear and t-shirts are super soft any new ideas maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy wait what i got it Bombus.
1: in the fitness world and would like work out and be a motivator and, you're on, the go. and, the, and on the go. And then it was like, I don't want to leave the house. Like I don't know what's going on out there. Like that was weird. And that was like anxiety for me. Like I, that's yeah. not like me, you know? So it was, it was tough. I mean,
0: I want to read the question that showed up in the chat, which is someone says my depression and anxiety was what caused my extreme weight gain. And when I lost the weight, I wasn't prepared to still have to deal with the depression and the anxiety. How do you prepare yourself to deal with the thing behind the thing. It's not Mm -hmm. the thing.
1: It's It's the the thing. Mm -hmm. When you
0: argue with your spouse, most of the time, unless they did something that tangibly hurt you right there, or they cheated on you or something. It's not the thing. It's the thing. Like what we're not arguing about the trash. We're arguing about, we didn't have sex. We're arguing about, Mm -hmm. or maybe if they did cheat on you, it's because you didn't have sex for a year. Right. There's always something that goes deeper than the thing. So the yeah. thing that's interesting with you, Tim, is that when we talk about anxiety and, and depression, I've never, I've never had clinical depression, even though I was on depression medication once. For me, it was, a, it, I, it was my current situation that was negatively affecting me. But anyway, and Mandy said it earlier, anxiety is the future. It's like, you're anxious about what's to come. Like, what's going to happen if I leave my house? Like, what is mm-hmm. this? And depression... From what I know, because I'm not a health, I'm not a mental health specialist in terms of like my degree, but a lot of depression, it's like clinical, like, I th- you know, I think a lot of it has to do with that. And a lot of it is from the past. So, and mm-hmm. and they kind of all intertwine, but how do you prepare yourself to deal with the thing behind the thing? I think it's, I don't know the answer to that, like preparation, but I do know that therapy, and I know people here all the time, it has helped me so much it is the Mm -hmm. one thing that I still use today in daily conversations when I get stressed because Mm -hmm. even today meaning in today's time when someone when I feel like someone attacks me the first thing I want to do is fight I'm like I want to fight because that's what I know best I know I have to fight my way I have to fight my way out of this bed from being molested I have to fight my way I was the youngest person so you know it's all of these things that you know, kind of trigger me to move forward. And, and therapy has really helped me unpack that baggage. So I think for me, the answer I can say best is working through it daily. Just like mm-hmm. if you are on depression medication or anxiety, like we use CBD for anxiety, but also taking action and and facing the demons because that's how you're going to find mm-hmm. out what's deeper than what you feel on the surface.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I was younger, I, I haven't tackled therapy recently, but I definitely tackled it in the past for sure. Um, I mean, it helped me get through some really dark times. Um, you know, I did see a specialist. I was on medication for a while for years, even going into row and I was on medication for my panic attacks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely recommend too. like, you know, with, with everything now you can do, um, you know, you can see a therapist right through a zoom call. Like you don't have to go to the office, which is great, you know, which is really awesome. Um, I also find too, like, I don't know, I've always been like an advocate of journaling. Like I always like journal sometimes my thoughts and, you know, I feel like that has helped me to try to find the positive, this and the negativity going around. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know. I'm,
0: there you go. I have a journal right here for those of you yep. who are not watching this. Um, yep. And yeah, I, I just, I agree. It's all so important. And I, that's why I love that our podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp because it's just, mm-hmm. it's an easier path to therapy where a lot of people are afraid. So, you know, if yeah. you're listening to this right now, <clears> they're, like you're looking at and listening to two people who have been in our industry for a very long time we are experts in, in in many parts of our field and a lot of people look at us as mandy too i mean she has a huge following where she is um and a lot of people look at us as see strong individuals and when yes. I mean, you look at people from the outside and especially celebrities or if someone looks up to you and puts you on a pedestal like they forget that we're still fighting things too and some people out there like live a perfect life. But I want to talk about it because I'm like, if you if I'm lucky enough to have you look up to me, I feel like I have an obligation to tell you why I'm able to live in the headspace that I'm living in. And -hmm. so that's why I freely someone said, thank you for freely sharing it. And that's why I freely share this when I share my story, my my sexual abuse story on on Instagram and TikTok. Someone who's pretty close to me that I see often saw my TikTok and they had suppressed their sexual trauma experience so much that they had forgotten it happened. And because they looked wow. at me, he, this, as a man, he looked at me as like a really strong person <laughs> and he mm-hmm. saw me be vulnerable, it made him remember. And mm. he said that night, he was like, it was so heavy for me. He's like, I went to my wife and I just broke down. Cause he said, I never told my wife, this man is close to 60 years old. And so, wow. and that's why I do it. And I know that's why you do it. That's why you mm-hmm. share your experiences. What are some of the things that you feel like you are helping people out with on a daily basis that you didn't sign up for <laughs> as, as, a, as a fitness, you know, professional,
1: I just think that, you know, a lot of people do, they, they look at us as being like, we are, we, we're resilient, like we, nothing bad happens to us. You know, um, they see us say in, on a stage or in front of a, a class or, you know, just walking around my facility and they're like, you're such a strong person. Like you're so, but they don't realize that like, we are human too. And that we do struggle with like all this stuff. And I feel like personally, it's hard sometimes to have to keep that facade up when you're having a tough day, you know what I mean? But I feel like you kind of have to brush it off to the side and you walk into wherever you're going and you have to say, these people are here for you. Mm -hmm. And that makes me feel good about myself. You know, I've heard stories from people I've become really good friends with people that come to my facility or come take my class. I've created friendships with them. You know um, I, I think that's, that's a great feeling. I mean, sometimes you, that's where you can put your guard down and and you can listen to their stories and share with them. And, you know, I share my stories with them. And if a lot of times when I tell people that maybe take my class or see me at my facility, um, you know, that I suffered an eating disorder or suffered this, they were like, you know oh my gosh you and I was like yeah you don't understand and then that kind of lets them open up a little bit more to me and mm-hmm. then I'm able to help them through some stuff you know but I, I sometimes you know we're not all superheroes even though people think we're superheroes but you know we're not
0: looking at the chat I see some people say I'm a teacher or mm-hmm. you know all of these things we all do, I would believe that most of us, if not all of us, especially if you're a parent or if you Mm -hmm. need something, people are looking up to you and you a lot of times are their lifeline. And so I just kind of want to segue into this moment that when I came out to you, like you were my Mm. lifeline, you know, Mm. I spent every, almost every waking moment, everybody thought we were dating, you know, everybody thought we
1: were dating.
0: Everybody thought we were dating. So I like usually, you know, as the gay person, I like to tell my coming out story to you, but I need you to tell the story from okay. your cause it's okay. great.
1: Okay. So we get done working out, of course, because why what else would we do? So all we did was work out. Then we would go do abs and then we so we're at the gym for four or five hours, whatever. So I lived on one side of campus and Sean lived on the other side of campus. So I had a car. I don't, did you have a car on campus? I don't even remember. No Sean, I had no car. I do not think so. We were in your little little white car
0: all the time.
1: (laughs) My white Honda prelude. That's what we were in. My white Honda prelude had my name on the back.
0: So anyway,
1: I, um, we had to go back to my apartment because we were, um, choreographing our dance piece for, I think it was the spring concert, like the spring dance concert. So my ex-boyfriend at the time had, um, he did our music for us. So I remember I said, why don't we go back to my place? We're going to listen to the music, um, you know, and then I'll drive you back to your apartment or whatever. So we're, you know, we're driving and we're getting up to the light and Sean's in the passenger seat and he turns to me and he was like, (laughs) someone's at a White Hunter prelude. I love it. (laughs) And says, I need to tell you something. And I said, all right, well, just tell me some driving. And he's like, well, no, we're just going to wait till we get to your apartment. I was like, you can't do that to me. You can't say that you're going to tell me something and then say, we're just going to wait. Mind you, the apartment's like 90 seconds away. <laughs> so, we're, so I'm driving and I come up to a stoplight and then I go to make a right to go into where we had to go. And Sean turns to me and says, I'm gay. And I was like, what? And I crashed. <laughs> My little white Honda Prelude into the stoplight or something, and Sean grabs the wheel and says, "Oh my God, Mandy, get it! Let's just get into the parking spot." And I was like, "What? You're gay?" And he goes, "Yes." He's like, "Mandy, I'm a group exercise instructor. I'm a dancer." (laughs) I was like, "What?" gay like i had no I had no idea that he was gay oh my god I'm, I'm hot again i'm, I'm hot. hot too so we finally get in my apartment and we sit down and i'll just remember sitting on like he's sitting on the couch he's like i'm gay and i'm like what do you mean you're gay like I no, just, no no no
0: no you were on the couch and no i, I was, the was on and the couch you were on the floor, on the floor. No, I, you were on the floor i was on the couch and you're like hold
1: on i like the- hold on a minute what do you mean you're like mandy I'm a dancer, like I cheer, like I did this. And I was like, I didn't do any two and two together just because we were so inseparable that it was like, and I was like, okay.
0: Yeah, no, but that was a thing. And that and and okay oh, was like the thing. God. And it was so funny because
1: And that was it.
0: We, we moved on. I we moved on. But I think you know on. what I what I want to say is, and I think this is a perfect opportunity, you know, for people when people hear my book where I'm where I say, you know, you're the average of the five closest people to you. Because you weren't surprised because you wanted me to be straight, or you weren't surprised because you were mad or disappointed. You were surprised because you're like well, first of all, I think you were surprised because, you know, back in the day, gay was only one thing, right? Like yeah. you had to act a certain way, be a certain way. And I was like, whatever. Yeah. But the other thing was you were surprised, surprised because I didn't tell you sooner because we were together all the time. And, and I think <laughs> that for people who are listening to this who may be in the closet, you know, the reason why I felt really compelled to come out to Mandy is because when you have someone who supports you and everything that you do you Mm -hmm. know i probably shouldn't have told her why we were driving because it was like 1997. (laughs) it was like 1997 and like you know it wasn't on mtv at the time where the gays were just flailing their flags but um you know but it was it was it was really great so thank you you know you were the first you're actually the first straight person that i had ever told so because i told my friend damon who was gay who was in my fraternity and, and it's easy I to tell a gay that. person but then you were the first straight person that I told and and you know you really paved the way for me to be like brave you know to be like okay well if this person who I know truly loves me and has my back you know and i i think i could be honest there was only one person in my entire life that shunned me and kicked me out of their house for being gay and i punched a hole in their wall before i left mm. cuz i was mad i was it was at the time it was at the time in my life where i was like I just want to fight. And it was my cousin Mm -hmm. and our entire family was there. And everybody really accepted me and like loved me. I was kind of like, I am now. I was the wild person, the fun person, the family. And she was like, I don't even know if you belong in this house. And I was so mad, y'all. I was so mad that I just like, I was like, well, before I leave this house, you just damaged me. So I'm gonna damage it. And I punched the wall. Mm. I've never talked to her since. I've never, I've never spoken to her in this amount of time. And she still like spews that kind of stuff. You know I, I
1: mean it never changed my relationship with you. I actually felt honored that you meant said something to me first. i mean I was just I was in shock, but it wasn't like it ever changed my relationship, my thought about you. actually, I felt like it made us closer to be honest oh, with yeah. you yeah, like it made us more closer and like I think you felt like you know comfortable talking to me about things. I felt comfortable talking to you um and i and I just remember like we we did what we did whatever and we moved on and our friendship just grew from that you know what i mean like it really just grew from that and um you know it was it was an honor for you to say something like i just was like oh my god i was the only person you told like besides your mom you know
0: yeah yeah it was it was i did i tell my mom before you
1: you did because i remember saying you, t- you told me, you were like, I told my mom. Oh, yeah, thought, yeah, And then, like, I was, like, the first,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, my mom's straight, so maybe Mandy was <laughs> the, the third person, because I think I told my mom, and then my, my mom told my brother the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, I ain't yes. going to tell him if she knew. But um, yeah. anyway, so thank you for yeah. that. But, you know, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about and I have so many, th- I have so many notes that I just want to make sure. Oh my God, um, I know. I think one of the biggest things that I want to touch on before we end this and get to the chat in about five minutes or the Q&A in about five minutes is, you know, being a woman in her 40s, how do you manage to like keep that sustainability outside of it being your career? Especially women, because <laughs> I get a lot of questions from women.
1: I tamed down my fitness than when I was in my 20s. Um, because when I was in my twenties, you know, we all thought we were superheroes. And again, going back to the story, working out three, four times a day, I was just damaging my body more. So I feel like now in my forties, like I don't have to work out for four hours a day, you know? And, and I, when women come up to me and they're like, what do you work out all day? Because you look like that. I'm like, no, I did like a 30 minute workout. That's it. You know? So I feel like Um, you know, I tamed down my my exercising again, not, you know, I still work out hard, but I'm not (laughs) working out for hours on end. Um, I feel like I'm taking care of my body a little bit more that way. I think also incorporating like a little bit more, you know, yoga into my practice. Whereas when I was younger, I didn't do it as much as I'm doing it now. Um, also too, my body's going through like not to be but like my body is going through some changes right now. So I'm trying to, you know, like somebody's asking me about hormones. Like I'm trying to figure that out right now in my forties because my body is going through that. So I'm actually going to have like a meeting with a holistic health person to see, you know, what I, any supplements or anything that I can do for that. Um, I think it's also like just your attitude. Like you can't, you know, you have to keep, that positive attitude, um, you know, that age is only a number. I mean, Mm. you know, all the time people are saying to me, like, you know, you look like you're in your thirties. That's great. Like take the compliment, but you know, I, I just eating healthy, drinking a lot of water, you know, exercising daily, not killing yourself.
0: Well, what are some of the things you felt when you realized your body was going through changes by way of hormones? And like, what were some of the steps that you took? to get to where you are now where, you know, you want to go to a specialist to help you out.
1: Yeah. So I just, I started noticing changes, not weight or anything like that, just like mood swings and sleep and, you know, certain things that like was waking me up at night. Um, So I contacted my doctor and, you know, we, we did some blood work and then, um, you know, I thought it was thyroid, but it wasn't, it was more of my hormones just kind of, you know, kind of getting a little out of whack. So doing the blood work really helped um, and, you know, researching on some natural like substances. And then I reached out to a holistic doctor and I actually have a meeting with them, like a zoom call next week, um, to see like, if there's anything that you can do. I also tried seed cycling, which is, um, with different like flax seeds, pumpkin seeds, uh, sunflower seeds and chia seeds. And you do like seed cycling during your I don't know if anybody out there has tried it during your, like your, you know, it helps with your hormones and tries to regulate your hormones as well. That's like a natural way to do it as well.
0: Thank you for sharing. I want to go to the chat. Do you think the fitness industry is getting better about body diversity?
1: I think so. I think it is. I think there's so much. um, There's a lot more different avenues now in fitness. It's not just, you know, kill your body every day. Um, And I think they, they do preach that. Uh, I think there's a lot more other ways to, that you can, you know, keep yourself fit without damaging yourself or going uh, out of control or working out too hard. So I, I, I absolutely do believe, um, yeah, that they have, you know, incorporating, like I said, more like lower impact stuff now is a big thing. Yoga has become huge now in the fitness industry. Um, yeah, I, I do believe that it has, I don't know. I, do you feel that? Yeah. I, mean, I do. I, feel like it has.
0: I love it. I think it's one of the things that's that, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever told this story before, but I'm going to be really fast. But one of the things that was really made me happy in my early years of, of presenting is because, you know, i created these really tough workouts. I was just kind of like, dag, like everybody that's going to show up here is going to be like super fit. And I thought it was going to be this. Mm-hmm. Like, and I just was so happy. Like even back in the day at ECA and all the conventions i used to teach at overseas that it was like real body people is what I, what yeah. i call them because and the reason why i say real body is not to undermine that but people don't understand that people who are super ripped a, a couple things one they have like these crazy genetics or two yeah. they are like it is a full-time job to be like that even if yep. they are even if yep. they work in an office and sit down all day they are like it's, it's not sustainable for the average person and that's why you, you
1: can't do that all the time it's it's impossible unless you were training for something or doing a show but you it's you cannot your, oh your body gosh. cannot handle that you would burn yourself out you would literally burn I did a, out.
0: I'm gonna post a reel because I was talking about that yesterday how like my main goal was to be 4.1 percent body fat and I'm like yeah that's don't do that but you
1: were miserable but like you miserable. were miserable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can't, you can't let your body get that low.
0: It's crazy. So next question, when you were teaching a ton of group fitness classes back in the day, you made a lot of connections with people who attended your classes. Did that ever burn you out or feel socially drained at some point? And how did that affect your mental health? I do want to tell a quick funny story. Sorry, we didn't talk about Lori at the time. Her name was Lori. Oh God. her name is Lori Dwyer. <laughs> so Mandy and I were, and this is gonna, this is gonna feed into like networking, meeting people. So Mandy and I were the king and queen of the rec center, and we, we own that had place. This that was, uh, shit on lock. Do you hear me? We
1: made we made the schedule up and everything.
0: We were running. <laughs> We were running this place like it was our first born, okay? And then all of a sudden,
1: talk about that.
0: (laughs) And then all of a sudden, Mindy and I show up, and there's this new fitness director at the gym. And so we walk, and me and Mandy are like, <sighs> she had these jean like shirts his, on. Mm-mm. We have to send, we have to send this to Lori when this podcast. I know. <laughs> we still love her to this day. But anyway, Here she had these go. boots on. She had these jeans. She had these mass like, combat
1: like she was like.
0: Her arms were bigger it. than mine, and me and Mandy were in the gym, and she's like, you know, one of the first things we're gonna teach you how to do is a, do a squat, and she was like. She was doing all these squats. <laughs> now y'all know one of the reasons why I do a lot of squats because of Lori. We we talked shit on her for like a week, and then we were like, "Oh my God, we love her." So this, she was the first person that she was our mentor, yes. and she took she was us. Our mentor. Oh, she was our mentor beyond. And so she starts. she's the one that took us to started our, for me, I think it was your two, the first fitness convention.
1: And her making us take like every class out there. Like she, (laughs) you know, we would want to do all the dance classes. We want to do the step classes. And she's like, no, you have to do this, 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 and this. By the end of the day, Sean and I were so tired. Do you remember? We were like, she's probably going to make us do lunges to brush our teeth.
0: I was scared y'all like this woman okay she literally when we used to go to these fitness conventions she treat I don't know if she had to answer to her boss but we she was like there was like no downtime until dinner she's like you're taking this class you're, you're taking spin you're gonna get certified now. and then all of a sudden it made us who we are today. <laughs> it made us who we are today. And I will say, you know, thanks to her, which now I can answer the question is, you know, that that convention completely changed my life because mm-hmm. not only did I network, but I met one of the first guy that I was like truly in love with and he lived in Europe and yep. I met him at that convention and then I started doing conventions in Europe and then I was back at that convention a few years later and a man from Istanbul, Turkey and I went and lived in Istanbul and started a mm-hmm. gym and a fitness like twice. And to to answer your question is, yes, it it gets overwhelming to meet a lot of people, but only if that yes. those people don't understand that you're one person trying to meet a lot of people. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's the only time it gets hard meeting people. I'm like, I love it. I'm like there, and we we still have like incredible connections. Like we were taught mm-hmm. by the best of the, the best. best Um, but yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't say that that affected my mental health as much as like the expectations that people had on us because we were fitness Mm -hmm. professionals Professionals, and the mental health and going back to Mandy, we we were talking about earlier, the the mental health came from like having to look a certain way,
1: Mm -hmm. you know, it was like, yeah
0: oh, like how ripped am I? Every time I walked past the damn mirror, I was like flexing and like, it was just, ugh. Yeah.
1: But it it does mentally drain you as well though. I mean, there have been times when I was teaching a a huge amount of classes and I was mentally drained. Then I was trying to do my own workouts on top of that, which, you know, you're killing yourself even more. So sometimes it does come, you know, it did mentally drain you.
0: Yeah. But you get through it. You get through it. Last question. And I'm going to let you answer it and then Mm. we'll go, we'll close out. But um, so it says, I know someone who as a teen suffered with anorexia and bulimia. Decades (laughs) later, she became a trainer and strenuously exercises for hours a day, every day for years. Any suggestions on how I can speak to her in a way that I can help her a bit and it be received well?
1: You know, it's always touchy um, situations like that because you know, the, the worst, the, the thing that you don't want to do is approach that person and be like, you're working out too hard or how come you're not eating or how come you're doing this? Because it's just going to make it worse for them. Mm-hmm. I know from my past, you know, I, I was anorexic. That's what I suffered. I was anorexic and overexercised. So, when I would have you know food in front of me, and somebody would be like, "Just eat it, just eat it," you know, I, the more somebody would say that to me, the more I would push that away um, and not eat it. So, you know, it's it's tough. I mean, you don't want to approach it with a um, with a with a harsh uh, way. You know, approaching her in a harsh way. Um, but maybe just is the person now you said a teen, or the person now is in they're the older industry.
0: Now. They're older now, and uh, and they're seeing you know, decades this decades later. Down. So yeah, I would say I, it's really tough because the worst thing you want to do is approach someone with something that they're going through when yes they you. They're going to get defensive. They're going to get defensive. But here are some defensive. things. Right now, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so this is kind of hard. But, you know, I know a lot of, I know the person who asked this question specifically, like you come to my events, right? Like maybe you have yep. them come to a, a inspirational event with you that has to deal with fitness. So it's something that they yep. like, but they're going to get a lesson. Um, maybe you... You can also
1: recommend podcasts too. Like maybe podcasts on different,
0: you yeah. know, like fitness health and topics.
1: wellness. Yeah. 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 You can but, do um, that.
0: The other thing is, just like I came out to Mandy, you know, you have to you have to like assess how amazing your friendship is, how close you Mm -hmm. are, because Mandy is someone or like even if I say Mandy or Chip or Alex. Right. These are my friends who I know if they're saying something to me, there's like a there's like a probably a 90 percent chance that I'm not going to get defensive and mm-hmm. I'll take it very, very seriously because they wouldn't just say something to hurt my feelings, right? So you have to assess right. that. Um, I think that's really, really important as well.
1: I was just going to say, approach that person maybe in a kinder way, you know, like a more caring way, yeah. not in a, in a in a harsh way, you know?
0: Yeah. As my father-in-law, Bill Blocker says, <laughs> soft on, person, on, soft on mm-hmm. a person, hard on a problem. Soft on a person, hard on a problem. Mandy, thank you so much. But before yeah. you go, before you go i want to know what does trust and believe mean to you
1: every time i see trust and believe i think of you
0: (laughs) oh well thank you
1: (laughs) because it just reminds me of you but i think just trusting in yourself and believing in yourself that you can you know fulfill what you were on this earth to fulfill you know i really believe that every time i see that like those two words though i really do i think of you i think of our friendship i think of the trust that we've developed together you know, how we've continued to grow all throughout these years, you know, and and for us to be able to, like, you know, believe in each other even. It's just, you know, we really have been through a lot. Um, And I think we're just going to continue to have, you know, more memories to
0: come i know and i love you so much Amazing. thank I you. Love you too. and for everyone out there thank you so much for listening the unity community thank you so much for joining us live tonight i really appreciate it i really am your biggest fan i really do trust and believe that you have the power to get one step further in your life if you just focus on the fact that you have it within you to move forward and like i like the tattoo says on my leg always forward mm-hmm. and i hope you always trust and believe